The failure of drug war is glaringly obvious to judges, cops, wardens, prosecutors, and millions more now calling for decriminalization, legalization, the end of prohibition. Let us investigate the century of lies. Hello and welcome to Century of Lies. I'm your host, Doug McVeigh. This week, we're going to look once again at the Republic of Ireland. Loyal listeners will recall that a couple of weeks ago, we covered the passage of a measure by Ireland's parliament, the Oireachtas, to establish a citizens' assembly on drug policy. I said at the time that we'd bring you more as the story develops, which I thought would be sometime next year, but drugs policy reform just keeps moving forward in the Republic of Ireland. On December 14th, the Oireachtas Joint Committee on Justice published its report on an examination of the present approach to sanctions for possession of certain amounts of drugs for personal use. The committee made several recommendations in this report. Here are a few of their recommendations. The committee acknowledges the harms associated with pursuing a criminal justice-led approach to drug use and misuse and recommends that a health-led approach is prioritized in both policy and practice. The committee recognizes the role that poverty, inequality, and trauma can play in the prevalence of problem drug use and addiction and, accordingly, recommends the implementation of a poverty and trauma-informed approach in the development and delivery of our addiction services. The committee recommends that a policy of decriminalization is pursued in line with emerging international best practice in respect of the possession of drugs for personal consumption through appropriate legislation reform in favor of a health-led approach to problem drug use. The committee recommends the practice of cultivation of currently illicit substances at a modest non-profit level be examined in light of above recommendations in order to regulate such activity. The committee recommends that steps are taken to introduce a regulatory model for certain drugs. The full report can be downloaded from the Oireachtas website. It is well worth a read. Let's hear now from the committee chair, Deputy James Lawless. The second uh, report that we uh, considered in the course of this term, which we're launching today, is the current approach to sanctions for certain amounts of drugs for personal use. And as I say, really... That's perhaps a slightly long-winded say, way of saying uh, consideration of decriminalization of recreational drug use and whether the current approach is working and whether a sanctioned a criminal-based approach actually works. On that topic, uh, we had again a number of meetings uh, and we also invited and received uh, a num- number of written submissions which were extremely useful to the committee and to all our deliberations. Amongst those that attended the hearings in person uh, were the Cannabis Risk Alliance, uh, Dr. Gareth McGovern, uh, the Patient for Safe Access Group, uh, Crean, and Dr. Nuno Capaz, who, who is a Portuguese uh, official who has been very involved in the, I suppose, re-examination uh, and reimagination of the approach taken uh, within the Portuguese system. The full list of stakeholders uh, is included in the appendix to reports, if anybody wants to delve further, but thank you to those uh, who participated and indeed those who sent written submissions. Some of the uh, points that were raised in the course of that uh, examination were as follows. Under the decriminalization of small amounts of drugs for personal use, there were several arguments presented by witnesses in favour of decriminalization of possession of certain amounts of drugs for personal use. Amongst the arguments made was that there's a lack of evidence that criminalization deters drug usage <coughs> sufficiently to justify using this approach over others, also that imposing a criminal conviction on an individual creates a stigma, and also is disproportionate to the perceived wrong done. This may, in fact, discourage them from going on to seek treatment for their drug use in the first place. It actually may compound an addiction or, or vulnerability of substance abuse, but it also seems a disproportionate thing to do. 
Um, the evidence of uh, uh, the experience of drug decriminalisation in Portugal was considered uh, and was very valuable to the committee. Uh, so Dr. Um, Nuna Capez came before us and, and was a very useful uh, uh, witness. We heard how Portugal has changed its approach towards drugs from 2001 onwards, and this has seen the rates of drug-related deaths, HIV and transmission, as well as drug-related crime, in Portugal decrease significantly. So there are wider societal benefits, benefits for users, benefits for the community, benefits for society, and indeed benefits for law enforcement, because there isn't time being spent uh, chasing uh, these type of um, perceived uh, crimes. Uh, in Portugal, the decriminalisation of the possession of certain amounts of drugs meant that those in possession of up to 10 days' worth of drugs would be given an administrative sanction rather than a criminal one, and they are referred to what's called a dissuasion commission, which assesses the individual needs for their health referrals. So people aren't thrown to the wolves or, or said, do what you like, but there is a pathway to say, well, if you are found to have uh, breached the law, it's not a criminal sanction, but there's an administrative sanction and there's a referral programme to say, we, we'd like you to engage with the system to see, can you examine your, your habits and is there something you need to change your behaviours? Do you need support with that? And the other, I suppose, principal point that was made in testimony was the risk that of the decriminalisation of drugs contributing to the black market organised crime. So we all know that one of the knock-ons, probably the, the largest negative, apart from those who are um, affected by substance misuse because of addiction difficulties, but there's also a black market and an organised crime um, bonanza going on as part of this. We heard that in other jurisdictions, the concept of social clubs or community collectives was a way that communities of people who uh, use certain substances uh, could collectively pool, gather, cultivate, resource, and share uh, that product uh, in a way that took the organised crime out of the equation. So that's something that is done elsewhere, um, and uh, we heard evidence on that. And promoting that, or examining that, and the growth of other natural substances, such as mushrooms or opiates, may remove the criminal involvement of the black market in providing drugs. So there was a distinction made in the evidence between chemical compounds, which are made in various factories or kitchens or back rooms or uh, all sorts of different uh, places that we'd be familiar with from TV and elsewhere, or the naturally occurring substances, such as those that grow in a field, but those that uh, are on leaves or trees in a naturally occurring way and have been for millennia and have been used by society for millennia. So that distinction was made in evidence. I think that's an interesting one. Uh, some of the recommendations then that we adopted when we came on to, uh, to putting all this together, I think it's actually fair to say that there was a strong majority view actually, both across the witnesses and across the committee <coughs> and all this. I actually don't think there was much dissension. There was useful uh, different viewpoints, uh, but I think, I think the committee and the witnesses were largely at one actually when it came down to the, um, the recommendations. I, I think we could uh, summarize the recommendations in three principal ways. One, that the state, the government, uh, the minister, I suppose, in our case, because we, we ultimately um, are opposite number to the minister of for justice, that the policy of decriminalisation be accelerated. So there's already a, 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 a commencement of that journey. Uh, we've seen that in, in recent years, uh, but that policy should be doubled down on and accelerated. Secondly, that a policy of regulation would be examined. So regulation differs from decriminalisation, and that regulation will be a concept of actually having a commercial product or having a product available which can be monitored, managed, licensed, weighed, tested for compliance, for safety, for content, uh, in a way that it clearly does not happen at the moment. And if we look to examples of other substances, if we take alcohol, uh, a very common favourite drug among many Irish people and indeed elsewhere, if we look at things like the Prohibition era, what actually multiplied was the use of moonshine and in Ireland, putrine or hooch or whatever we want to call it, but those sort of illicit homebrew substances are actually far more potent, far more dangerous than the ones that are available when we actually have a regulated 
managed market. So, so, we, so examining the model of regulation in Irish context, and thirdly, the third, I suppose, uh, rung of the spoke of the wheel, to examine addiction difficulties and substance misuse and the harm that can be caused, and to provide proactive support services and treatment centres around that. Okay, so I think the, the recommendation can be grouped into those three categories, I think, quite usefully. Jumping on then to those recommendations. So the first uh, was the committee recommends that in line with emerging, emerging international best practice and in favour of a health-led approach to problem drug use, the government should pursue a policy decriminalisation in respect to the possession of drugs for personal consumption. So a couple of things are important to pick up there. The international best practice would help decide what is an appropriate quantity of drugs for personal use that would be treated in a decriminalisation way. So we're not talking about 10,000 euros worth or 10,000 kilos uh, of, of cocaine coming in at a boat. What are we talking about? The committee is not in a position to, uh, to <coughs> rule on that. But if we look at different jurisdictions, so for example in Portugal, 10 days worth of a, a, a substance might be considered personal use. In other jurisdictions, a monetary value, 100 euro worth or 50 euro worth might be considered. There are different approaches taken in different jurisdictions, and we have recommended that, that be explored to see what is in emerging international best practice, as is being already adopted in many jurisdictions, Portugal, the United States, Netherlands, Greece, uh, many, many countries around the world. So look at what, look at what those are doing, and look what's worked elsewhere, and see what's appropriate in Irish context. Uh, the committee recommends that the government would undertake a comparative study, I suppose this is what I've just said, to examine the approaches towards drug possession in other jurisdictions, including Spain, Portugal, Malta, Greece, uh, others, and see which of these policies could be most effectively implemented in an Irish context. The committee further recommended that increased investment should be made into programmes, services and treatments which address addiction and its associated harms, for example, including social interventions and due diagnosis services, so going to the harms that are caused. Uh, the committee recommends that a detailed multi-year plan is developed, specifying the measures the government intends to take, and there is both the health and justice systems in order to reduce drug-related harms uh, and combat addiction. And finally, uh, I said, well, we actually have multiple recommendations. I think we have up to 20 plus recommendations in our report, which again, I'd encourage everybody to, to take study of uh, in your own time, if you're interested. Uh, but it goes a lot further and in, in more detail than I possible to do today. But the, the final, I suppose, high level recommendation, we're aware that the Citizens' Assembly is to be established in the new year. We support that, and uh, we hope our report will feed into that as, as a starting point for that uh, deliberation. Uh, we recommend that that would take place uh, as quickly as possible. I do believe that's um, scheduled for the early new year, so we wish those involved in that well. Uh, but we hope our report will provide a useful launch pad for those discussions. Um, at this point, I just want to thank the members of the committee uh, for their work on this and other reports for the two topics that we've considered today, uh, and for all their diligence, uh, time, effort and determination over the year. It's been a busy year, so we are, uh, I believe, the busiest committee in this Oireachtas, and I can say that in factual basis, not just uh, uh, long our own trumpets, but I think we have uh, we have a very significant workload, and we've, and we've got through it, I think, uh, very well. And there's many more reports in the pipeline where these came from, so I look forward to launching those further in the new year. Um, the reports have been uh, forwarded to the Minister uh, for her information uh, and consideration, and uh, all the submissions which were received from the different stakeholders are also contained within uh, within that uh, those reports. I hope they provide insight. I hope they provide constructive solutions uh, to the issues identified. Uh, and I hope that they will feed into the ongoing conversations on how both the engagement of minorities with the justice system and the, how the policy of drugs in Ireland, how they can be approved and reformed. I want to thank everybody who attended the launch. Uh, and I want to thank in particular our Secretary, Alan, Emer and Fiona, 
uh, for all their work across the uh, and Stephen uh, for all their work across the board <laughs> uh, are very uh, dedicated. Uh, so I didn't get didn't catch that the laptop was <laughs> probably uh, for all your work because we wouldn't be in any way able to. We we have we have the I suppose indulgence that we can engage in deliberations and wax lyrical about policy and. Uh, legislation and particularly at length, but it's our secretary that have to take it away and actually make sense of it all afterwards and help us to digest and minute and, and produce these reports. And we have, again, if we have the Harris Burton Committee, we have the Harris Burton Secretariat, so I want to acknowledge that as well, uh, very much so. That was James Lawless, TD, Chair of the Aractus Joint Committee on Justice, speaking on the release of a report on an examination of the present approach to sanctions for possession of certain amounts of drugs for personal use. We'll have more in a moment. That's what they want, the same as booze. Well, maybe booze is bad, but the point is that uh, you can, uh, maybe booze can lead to marijuana, can lead to speed, to, uh, or LSD, can lead to heroin, and so forth. But basically, I mean, I know another way to look at it is this, if I understand so with regard to, if you get to a, a little more sophisticated audience who really care about destiny and a few of the other things, mystery you're listening to century of lies i'm your host doug mcveigh other members of the Arachis joint committee were there and spoke here's senator lynn ruan there's two very very important uh reports here today um and new areas i suppose that individually as a politician i've, I've cared greatly about in terms of both minor- minority groups and the justice system as a whole um, and there's some amazing recommendations in there that really notices or, you know, draws attention to a changing Ireland and how that should be represented within the institutions and how we engage in people and ensuring that our uh, judiciary and from, you know, from, from the guards right up, as the chair said, understand culturally appropriate engagement with the justice system and the asylum system as well and in terms of just how long that asylum system takes the lack of trauma-informed work that's done with people in relation to be able to actually make sure that that's a safe place for people to engage in that have come through quite uh, difficult um, ordeals and situations to be in the in, in, in the situations that they're in. So I think it's a really, really positive uh, report and I think there's really solid recommendations in it. Um, we spent many hours debating back and forth what the report would look like and the amendments in it and um, I, I hope that the witnesses that contributed to the, that report feel that their contribution is, is and their experience is, is well reflected in the report. Um, the, the, the second one then in relation to drugs, which is obviously something that I've worked on for a, for a long, long time. I, I have to say it was really great to sit in a committee when I thought I was going, you know, sometimes you think you're going to be a lone ranger and you're going to leave with your tail between your legs. And I, I actually uh, felt uh, a huge sense of pride in the committee that we were able to, as a cross-party from all parties, engage very sens- sensibly and maturely on issues that we don't even necessarily agree to full extent and trying to find mediums between them, but really focused on the evidence rather than our own personal views. And I think it's a really, uh, I think this report actually is really, really important today on the conversation and drugs, just but where we are at with this conversation as a country. And I think over the last year or two, I think many of the stakeholders that were at that committee and many that weren't at that committee kind of felt there was a stagnation happening in terms of the conversation around drugs and around how we were going to actually appropriately support people who both use drugs and then those who will have the consequence of dependency or other related issues that may come from drug use. And I think this report 
goes a real long way in trying to capture many of those. Obviously, there's a lot more that needs to be done in that, and it's only a starting point, but I think it really is a strong message, and I'm, I'm very proud to be here today with the committee and launching it. Yeah. That was Senator Lynn Ruan speaking on the release by the Oireachtas Joint Committee on Justice of a report on an examination of the Republic of Ireland's present approach to sanctions for possession of certain amounts of drugs for personal use. Now let's hear from Deputy Aidan O'Reardon. Yeah, I'll be brief. I'm not a, a very, I'm only a very recent member of the Justice Committee. So one of the great things about being a politician is that you turn up to events that you did nothing to help with. <laughs> you, get to, you get to stand in the photograph often, and then you get to speak, um, which is which is a weird part of the job. But um, this is the second time, just on the decriminalisation piece. This is the second time in about eight years that the Justice Committee has recommended the decriminalisation of uh, drugs for personal use. And I think this is an important day. I want to pay tribute to the committee, to the chair, uh, and in particular to Lynn for the, the way that she's driven um, this conversation at the Justice uh, Committee. And it just shows that whenever a group of people dispassionately look at the issue of drugs in Ireland, they tend to come up with the same conclusion, that what we're doing is wrong, what we're doing is hurting people, what we're doing is killing people, and that we need a new approach. And it isn't a criminal justice one. It's a health one. In fairness to government, they have established a Citizens' Assembly on Drugs, which is due to, um, to in, early in the new year, as the Chair has said. And I would hope uh, that the work of the committee will feed into those deliberations, because lives are on the line. So I do feel a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, of history this morning, because this is a long journey that many of us have taken for quite a number of years to tiptoe our way to a situation where we can have a radical overhaul uh, of drug policy. But it is when, as Philly McMahon has said, that we create a tribe, a tribe of people who do not use this to score political points, but do this purely because we have uh, the citizens of the country and the people who are affected by this solely in our, in our mindset that we actually might achieve something. So the Oireachtas committees generally do, do not, not, not a great work. The Justice Committee, of which I'm a new member of, is certainly one of those committees. And as Thomas has quite rightly said, this needs to feed into, into government policy. But certainly the Citizens' Assembly on Drugs is the next step for us to make this, uh, make this real uh, and to make these, these changes. That was Deputy Aidan O'Reardon speaking on the release of the Oireachtas Joint Committee on Justice report on an examination of the Republic of Ireland's present approach to sanctions for possession of certain amounts of drugs for personal use. You're listening to Century of Lies. I'm your host, Doug McVeigh. The audience at this release included journalists, stakeholders, and other members of the public. Let's hear from some of them. First, here's Anna Quigley with the Citywide Drugs Crisis Campaign. Uh, Anna Quigley from Citywide Drugs Crisis Campaign. And again, just yeah, just thanks to everyone it's, it, <laughs> reading this. It, it means an awful lot. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it's a question just, I suppose about politics in one way, if the committee members would agree, we should, we should really start moving. Start, we, there's, there's things we can do straight away on this, like the Citizens Assembly has been mentioned, and it's, mm. it's amazing to have this as, a, as it really sets the, it sets the questions, it sets the debates for the discussion in the Citizens Assembly, which is really yes. powerful, that's really important, and it's yeah. cross-party, the same as the motion last week, that's yeah. huge, that's powerful. Um, but again, I'm really conscious, and, and, and people who've been involved in this for a while will know, like, it, the, the original, in the current strategy, the, in 19, or 2016, there was a, a, um, 
a proposal about looking at this issue. Then there was the working group set up. Then there was now we're, we, the last couple of years they've been working on the health version approach, setting that up. It's not in place yet, but we need to. So what I'm and again you see here about looking at different countries and different. Mm -hmm. And part of your heart sinks and says, "Oh God, it's going to be another committee, another reason." But I think what, what I'm saying is there's enough there, and I think based on this, there's enough political support there to say yes. Obviously, the citizens' assembly discussions are crucial for the overall framework, but there are pieces of work we can start doing right now, like that health diversion approach. Is the, the planning is going on all the time? We're told it should be about to start. Mm -hmm. So there's an entire share um, assessment piece set up on that and, and with the simple, if there was political support a simple change, because at the moment what that says is it's basically first strike, second strike third strike, that could be changed that could just be changed to everybody that, that's a simple thing that could be done I mean, okay, here's me saying simple, but um, just the, if there's political support, it's that sense of, there's, it's, it's as you say, there's so much already, <coughs> this road has been started on and there's a huge amount in place and there's people here with massive expertise on all these issues and yourselves, the political will is there. So it's just that sense, br like brilliant, the Citizens' Assembly is coming, it sets a really good agenda for that, but let's, the, let's, bits we can start moving if we can get the political support to do that. The HDA is an obvious one. Limiting that to through, you know, you're, you're caught for a second time, you might be criminal, you're caught for a third, you will be. Like, that's, that doesn't belong in this world anymore, you know? So I just think that's an important point to keep that kind of political momentum maybe yeah. going on. That. Yeah, thank you. No, good point. Well made. That was Anna Quigley with the Citywide Drugs Crisis Campaign. Now, here's Tony Duffin with the Anna Liffey Drug Project. Uh, Tony Duffin, I'm uh, with the Anna Liffey Drug Project. Um, and I'd sit on a number of civil society uh, networks and things. Um, firstly, the obvious thing, um, the Joint Committee is a cross-party uh, uh, group, which is really, really important. There's people who are in, in parties that are in power, people who are in opposition, so it's really important to say. Uh, and in that place is, you know, to see 22 um, recommendations being made uh, with quite progressive um, recommendations that probably haven't been seen before in Ireland are, are very welcome. Um, and I think it's time to sort of take time and have a look now and, yeah. and, and see. I think I'm not naive, I'm too long in the tooth to know that, that you know, this won't make a huge amount of difference straight away, but I think that it's really helpful uh, from your perspective as politicians and our perspective as advocates for change uh, to use this as a jump-off point mm -hmm. on many of, the, many of the points. I like to just... Uh, I suppose you mentioned yourself, James, the, the, to accelerate the efforts towards a health-led approach, uh, which acknowledges the idea that we're actually working towards it now, and we are in Ireland, which is really, really important. And I would encourage politicians to, to engage with that and really, really push towards accelerating what we're trying to achieve. I'll go back to Anna's point, which was that we need every opportunity rather than uh, the, the one opportunity. Um, Anna Liffey works closely with the guards. We make, they make referrals to us, uh, health referrals. That, uh, there are courts in Ireland that, that uh, divert people away from criminal justice, but it's all happening very locally. We need a national policy that very clearly lays out how it works and all the things we've talked about in terms of how many drugs, monetary, whatever. Um, I think that's really important. Um, the fixed site mobile uh, supervised injection facility, if the decision is made tomorrow, it's still a year away. It's probably 18 months away at best. Um, mobile supervised injection facilities should be rolled out now. Um, they should have been rolled out a long time ago. So that, that should happen, and I would encourage you all to, to, to engage at a political level uh, uh, around that. Um, 
supervised injecting is, is one thing. It's around the most harmful use of, of uh, uh, um, administration of uh, opiates particularly and other drugs. Uh, but we have a problem in, uh, in Ireland with crack cocaine and we need to look at the, you mentioned drug consumption here, and that's the wider issue away from just injecting. But injecting is, is, is very, very harmful and uh, we should see that. Um, and be careful. Uh, I, I uh, I'm really in, in, um, feel very positive about the um, Citizens' Assembly, um, but be very careful that it doesn't slip again. I was at a meeting recently where it was referred to uh, as as soon as practically possible. Okay, real political term. Okay, just be very, very careful. Keep the pressure on. We were told early. We were told early uh, next year we need to stick to that, and just ask you all to to keep that and your cross-party grouping. So, thanks very much. Very good. Thank you. That was Tony Duffin with the Anna Liffey Drug Project. Here's Kitty Holland with the Irish Times. Just um, Kitty Holland with the Irish Times. I just want to ask about Recommendation 21, about the um, support for prescription of heroin-assisted treatment by suitably qualified medical practitioners. Is that to roll it out so that nurses can prescribe as well? What difference would that make, and why hasn't it happened? Because it's yeah. a bit of a no-brainer where there's long waiting lists. Yeah, so, so my understanding with that one is that, um, I is suppose... That it, no, so can, can I... Do you, you want to say that? One? Yeah. So um, there's other ones that will fall under that, but heroin-assisted treatment is actually not given in Ireland at the moment, so that's, um, that's an alternative to methadone. So it's an actual different type of response for people in relation to um, where, when they want to move, I suppose, away from buying street heroin. So in many countries they give heroin-assisted treatment, which is more of a clinical grade, um, and maybe Gara might come in on that. He might have, Gara would be aware from a different your, perspective. Your, your point actually is an excellent point. And actually, if you look at recommendation 20, it's in, recommendation it's, it's in under open substitution treatment. But yeah. I don't see why it shouldn't be in yeah. under heroin-assisted treatment. If, if, that, if that can be put in place, then it can be put in place for heroin. Yeah. 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 So why hasn't that happened for nurses? Like, I know there's a campaign among nurses to do it. And... So that campaign has been going on a long time yeah. and I'm not overly sure. I was um, in Lisbon recently and I was discussing with their Department of Health because they've had the same conversation and their Department of Health was quite clear that doctors didn't want to allow it. So that made me go, oh, okay, so where is that conversation I hear? And maybe from a yeah. medical particular, that's what I'm wondering. So I don't actually know the answer to that, but that's what I'm getting feedback from other but, countries. Dr. Governor, if you yeah, want to... Yeah. It, it, this hasn't happened here and there will be a... a, a, a a resistance to it. I'm not really that sure there'll be a resistance. We're a very niche kind of group and there's a lot of kind of newer people coming in so it will be bigger a bigger issue in the in the wider prescribing thing. But this is fairly well established in the UK now. And it's not just nurses. It, there are training courses, fairly rigorous training courses that people can do with the suitable qualifications of entry to be able to do this. And I think it's probably the way we, we need to go. I mean one of the other issues in there is expanding treatment expanding treatment costs money and uh, it, it, you know resources are, are thin and there's no doubt about it that a, a non-doctor prescriber will be cheaper it's called a spade a spade so I think it's the way we do have to go absolutely and just just to um, just to add to that so currently um, within GP contracts GPs can opt out so they don't have to treat people so we need to be able to have non-medical prescribers. We need nurses prescribing because actually many doctors refuse to engage at a GP level with their own patients in terms of prescribing methadone. So I think it's reliant for, for it to be adequate services. It relies on opening that space up a lot more in terms of prescription. 
I think that's an example of where we're talking about an addiction treatment and, and yeah. you know, substance um, yeah. treatment rather than personal use or, or recreational use. That was Kitty Holland with the Irish Times. Before her, you heard Tony Duffin with the Anna Liffey Drug Project and Anna Quigley with the Citywide Drugs Crisis Campaign. They were asking questions of members of the Arractus Joint Committee on Justice at an event marking the release of a report on an examination of the Republic of Ireland's present approach to sanctions for possession of certain amounts of drugs for personal use in which it makes recommendations, among other things, for decriminalization of people who use drugs and for regulation of certain drugs. We also heard from committee chair James Lawless, TD, and committee members Senator Lynn Ruan and Deputy Aidan O'Riordan. As the story develops, we will continue to bring you more. For now, that's it. Thank you for joining us. This has been Century of Lies. I've been your host, Doug McVeigh. Find this edition of Century along with an archive of past shows at the Drug Truth Network website, drugtruth.net. You'll find a link there to subscribe to the Century of Lies podcast. We'll be back in a week with 30 more minutes of news and information about drug policy and the failed war on drugs. For the Drug Truth Network, this this is is Doug Doug McVeigh asking you to examine our policy of drug prohibition, the Century of Lies. Drug Truth Network programs archived at the James A. Baker III Institute for Public Policy. 